Today is the beginning of a sermon series. Every summer, we, every, as you know, we always do sermon series, but as we go into the summertime, we, we purposely look about, knowing where people are out, after we've watched what has been going on for the year and the life of people, we watch where people are at and what we believe that God wants to speak into their lives. And one of the things that, that I really am convicted about is this idea of gospel identity. Where do we find our identity? Where is our identity founded? And the way that we know Christ most is when we see Christ working in our lives. Amen? Are there times in your life that you just see that, that you are something completely different than who you used to be? Whether that be with your anger, maybe that might be with your, with your patience, maybe that might be with your self-control, that, that as you're a follower of Christ, that something very unique takes place, that you start looking back and, and seeing that, that something significant is changing. And it's not changing as in, as in changing your shirt, but it's, but, it's, but it's more of a transformation that, that after some period of time you look back and, and you start seeing that I'm not the same God as I used to be. I'm not the same woman that I was just a couple of years ago. And you start asking yourself, like, what is this change? Where is this change coming from? What's happening in my life? You see, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This morning is our introduction into understanding the work of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians, it says this. Galatians 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. If you know what I'm saying with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, if you guys know it, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. Let's pop that list up again real quick. First few. How many of these do you long to have in your life? All of them. Right? I mean, flip it to the next one. Gentleness. Self-control. There, look at Susie's got a tattooed on her arm. She really wants to learn it. But here it is. This whole idea. But when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, we oftentimes think them as almost like a, a fruit salad, right? We think about, okay, love must be the strawberry, joy must be the grapes, and you start having all these different things that, that we honestly believe that they're all uniquely different. But that's not what Galatians 5 says. But this is what Christ wants to produce in you. The fruits of the Spirit. Not the fruits, plural, but in Christ, our identity changes that we start taking on the DNA of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, think about your worst parenting moment. Not your best. Your worst parenting moments. I've told this story before. I'll never forget. I was, uh, and, and I'm going to use his name because he's completely changed. Brandon. Brandon one time when he was young, he was a tough cookie. Much like his mom. No, I'm joking. Much like his See if you're awake. See if you're awake. Much like me. I gave my parents a run. But I'll never forget one day, you just kind of died. I'll never forget one day I sat down with Brandon. And I gave him a ride out. I was going to do things I shouldn't do as a parent. And I finally walked away. And I drove away. And I put this one song on. You know that song? How he loves us. He is jealous for me. Loves life and hurricane. Love, and I am intrigued. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this whole song is about Jesus loves me just the way that I am. And God said, I said, but I'm, I'm like yelling at the top of my lungs, but Jesus, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I totally screwed up my son. I totally messed up. And I just remember him saying, find your identity in me. And I will produce life in Him. You see, when it comes to Jesus, He wants to produce Himself in us. That's the Gospel. And I love Jesus because whenever Jesus taught, He didn't teach systematically. Like, we like systematic theology. Okay, tell me about heaven and hell. Tell me about what you believe about this. Tell me what you think about this. Tell me what you think about the Trinity. And like we have a systematic way of learning. To the point that when we hear the stories of Jesus, we miss out on the life that he was giving us in the examples that he put before us. So in order for us to ever fully understand the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand how this fruit is produced. Turn with me to John 15, 5. We're just reading one verse because this is the parable, the imagery all in one. Jesus says to his disciples, now remember, this is after a long time of following Jesus. This is after basically three years of watching everything that Jesus has done. This is after Jesus sent his disciples out to do the miracles, to share the gospel, and still they weren't getting it. Still they were struggling with like, okay, so what's your role and what's our role? You're here and we're here. And Jesus is saying, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to leave you. Now time out. You're still missing it. And Jesus turns and he says, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what word? Nothing. Now look at that imagery. 
Jesus doesn't give them this systematic answer of, of how to stay closer to the Father, the, the five ways of knowing Jesus better, but instead he gives the imagery of creation. And he simply gives the imagery of grafting. And he says that I am the tree. And what you are, you're a branch. And let me give you a little bit of horticulture understandings. Now you know that I'm not the most handy guy in town, but I'm pretty good in the yard. Do you know that a lot of things are produced because of grafting? Do you know when you're in Florida and you're driving down those big highways and you see these huge orange trees that just seem like they're on steroids? You know that? You know what I'm talking about? You know those orange trees that produce these things that are like kind of bigger than life? They almost look like they're injected with something. Do you know how those trees were produced? Those aren't natural trees. They're grafted trees. The Floridians, right? Is that how you say what their names are? The Floridians wanted to make the world look a little bit better than it really is. And they said, man, our oranges are really small. We need to make them a little bit bigger. So maybe we can take this orange tree and graft it to this orange tree to produce this. They never knew that. So when you go to Florida, just remember, Florida is a bunch of fakes. Remember that. I'm sorry if you're from Florida. That's fine. Sorry. But in other words, what happens is, is that they take a branch, they cut it low, and they take the branch that produces the fruit, and they graft it on, and they tie it on, and they bind it together. You see, what would happen if that one orange branch was left all alone? What would it do? It would die. It would die. And Jesus says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. I mean, let's think about that for a moment. Do you really believe, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing? You see, that's a gospel moment. A gospel moment is when we recognize in our lives that I need Christ. That I need Christ as my Savior. I have no eternity without Him. I need to sanctify Him. I need Him to bring life transformation to me. I need a healer. I am emotionally, relationally, physically broken. And I also need to come in King that I have a future hope. You see, that's what Jesus said to His disciples. He said, you've been following me for three years. And every time you try to do something in your own strength, what happened? Nothing. And Jesus says, Ah, I'm the roots. I'm the vine. You who, apart from me, can do nothing when you attach themselves to me. I will produce great things in your life. You know, for the last four weeks, it seemed like kids keep popping up. 
And oftentimes when we think about Christianity and we think about the gospel, it's, it's what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? Hey, maybe I'll help out at Adventure Week. Maybe I'll help out at God in the Bar. Maybe I'll help out at, in, in Kids Men. Or maybe I'll help out at... That's all good stuff. But what do you think the kids remember on Friday? What was being produced from the volunteers? The love, the joy, the peace, the patience. We had one little girl during Bible lesson, they called it Power Story for some reason. And she told a story every two minutes. And I'm like, I can't get through this lesson. I'm like, God, give me the peace because right now I just want to shut up. Peace. Do you know what that girl, little girl will remember? Wow, Mr. Rob, let me tell all these crazy stories that made no sense. <laughs> or the last or the last day where we almost had a little fight break out over there in the corner. I'm not pointing to anyone over here, I'm sorry. And this one kid pushed another kid. And the other kid wants to go kick him, and I'm like, jump in the middle of it. And the one kid who starts saying, he's bullying me. And I'm like, Rob, stop. You're lying. And we talked him through him. Tried to make him shake hands. Didn't really work well. But what will they remember? What will they remember about Allie or Hannah or Becky or Maddie or Zoe when all these little kids were jumping on top of them? Or all the crash volunteers and they're not going to remember the activity. They're going to remember what that individual was producing. Let's continue. John 14, 15, and 17. So how do we have this happen? I think oftentimes we think about, okay, so I'm the dead branch, and if I go to church, these things will naturally happen, right? All right? I'm the, I'm the branch, but if I just start volunteering, this will start happening in my life. And after several years, you realize like your patience is worse because you really can't work on patience, right? Whenever you say you're going to work on patience, what happens with your patience? It gets worse. Same thing with your gentleness. There are days I'll walk in the house and be like, okay, I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be gentle. Sit down and be quiet. No, it doesn't happen. The moment you identify what you want to work on, of course, you're like, yeah, I remember that dinner. The moment you identify what you want to work on, doesn't happen. And it's almost like the way that we view our Christianity. Okay, if I go to church, this will happen. If I go to missional community, then, then my relationships will be healed. If I do this, then that. But that's not what Jesus is pointing to. Now, do those things help? Yes, because you find encouragement, you find exhortation, you find learning, you find relationship. So all of these things foster what is about to be said, but it's not the remedy. Okay? John 14. Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. What's an advocate? A helper. Someone who steps in your place. If you've ever gotten lots of speeding tickets and you've needed an advocate, you love your lawyer friend. Because they step in for you and they basically take the weight of what you can't do. 
And Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give another advocate who will never leave you. He is the who? The Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Who leads into all truth. Who, are, who is our advocate? You see, one of the problems with the disciples was is they got so wrapped up in just having Jesus do everything that whenever Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, they missed it. Jesus did not just talk about the Holy Spirit on one or two occasions. He was constantly setting them up that when I leave you, I'm present with you. Because God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who lives in me, will also dwell in you. And you see, when Jesus is talking about being grafted to Him, it's not just showing up and being tied to Him. It's when we allow the life of Christ to see through us. You see, what gives that second part of the plant life? It's the sap. It's the nutrients. It's that, it's that liquid that goes between the two plants. And it doesn't go from the top down, but from the bottom up. And that's the beauty of it. You see, what Jesus is saying is that when you attach yourself to me, when you engraft yourself to me, you are allowing my presence to live and dwell within you. And that's what Jesus reflected to all of his disciples. When he was patient, even with the Pharisees, there were times that he was patient. Think about Nicodemus. He did not rebuke Nicodemus. He was patient with Nicodemus. He was kind and compassionate to the woman at the well, to the man on the mat, to the leper, and all these times, all Jesus was doing was allowing God's presence to be present for these other people. And Jesus is saying that when you are in me, I give you my spirit. I am sending my spirit. That is the significance of Pentecost. Is that on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and rested and indwelled all of the disciples. And then all the disciples, to so all those who were followed, who wanted to become followers of Jesus, they laid their hands on them and the Holy Spirit filled them. And that's how the peace and presence of God was manifested in the early church. Coming back to parenting. I got some young daddies in this room. And these young daddies will sometimes call me just freaking out. What do I do? The milk was too cold. Right? Remember that dad? Remember those days? I don't know how to change the diaper. I don't know how to do these different things. And I get these calls all the time. I get these calls from my brother down in North Carolina. I got these calls from my brother in Virginia. And I got these calls from my Christian brothers right here in New Jersey. I'm like, relax. Relax. I'll never forget this one time when, when one of my buddies called me who's a new daddy. 
And I thought he was going to be freaking out about something. I was, I was basically waiting for him to freak out. And he called me up and he told me the dilemma. He's like, you know, I'm really good with this. I'm okay. I realized that, that I'm probably just freaking out. And all of a sudden, I said, time out. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Because your natural instinct is to worry. Is to be full of fear. And his thought was like, really? You think I'm being calm? I said, yes, in this moment, you are allowing the presence of Jesus to manifest himself. You see, God's presence wants to manifest himself all of the time. Not just like this light switch on and off, on and off. He wants to be present all of the time. Not just when you wake up, but when you sleep. Because if he lives in us, can he leave us? No. Jesus says this in John chapter 5, Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We've got to come back to this idea that, that our faith is not about our ability to do. The fruit that Jesus is producing is allowing our identity to be found in Christ. I can't tell you how many difficult times that I've had in my own life with four kids, two crazy dogs, many different moves. I can't tell you about different crises I've been in or different conflicts I've been in where, where there's times that I just want to be the complete opposite individual. I want to just take out my wrath or my frustration. And all of a sudden, God's peace comes over me. I remember the one time with, with Sue and I, and the only way that I can explain this better is by telling my own story. I hate hearing stories about other people that tell stories about other people. It's like, what about you? Is he alive and well in you? I remember one time when Sue and I found out some horrific news. And I remember when I heard that news because her cry was different. It wasn't that mommy freak out cry. And all you mommies know that. And all you husbands know of it as well. But there's times when your wife will call you and that, that cry is just a little bit softer, a little bit quieter than the normal. And you're like, okay, this is real. And I remember when I just I got off the phone and I realized that this situation was about to change everything in the course of our life, which it has. And I remember just sitting there and just the peace of God that surpasses all understanding came over me and I just felt like we are good. Not okay. We are good. And there's been years that, that we have talked about, like, why have we gone through certain trials? Why have we gone through certain things that it seems like a lot of parents haven't gone through? Like, why are we, as a couple who, who risks everything, lays everything on the line for the gospel, whether it be emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially, why does it seem like we go through some really difficult times? And Jesus is like, because I want to manifest myself in you so you can be a reflection to others. You see, when you allow the Holy Spirit to produce His fruits in you, 
become the hope of the world. Do you know that? I think of Patrick and Jillian with the little guy Benjamin just sitting right there like, they have the opportunity to give life to Benjamin. I think about all the different, I think about, about Pam who's been sharing just all the different things that she's gone through that, that as she finds the fruit, she has the hope of the world for others. I think about Joe and Nicole and watching their, their engagement and their relationship after she's gone through two major tragedies. Her mom and her grandfather, when they first got married in a matter of two months, and their, their temperament because of God's fruit produced in their lives, gives hope and life to others. You see, Jesus didn't say that I'm creating a tree that looks beautiful that you can find shade under. He says, I am the tree that produces life and life in you so that you too are a tree of life in Jesus for others. You see, the whole idea of grafting, this is where I'm going to wrap it up. It's all about giving a plant a new identity. And that's what Jesus wants to do in us. He wants to give us a new identity. Not Rob Parker, Galen Rogers, but Rob, child of God, child of the Most High. That in my brokenness and in my impatience, and in my lack of self-control, and in my anger, that He produces love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. That's what the summer's about. We're going to walk through each of the, the DNA character qualities of the fruit of the Spirit so that you can have a little bit of rubbing in your life. Because I know when it comes time for the week of patience, no one's going to show up. I know when it comes time for self-control, half the church is going to be empty. But here's what I want to tell you. Make this a priority. So that you can see how God wants to continually produce His identity in you. Not by what you do, but what He has already done within you. Amen? I mean, seriously, amen? Isn't that why we're here? That's what we want. We want life change. I don't want my kids to see anything else but Jesus. I want my wife to say, like, man, Rob was a wild guy when we first got married, but now he, he, he is a reflection of Jesus. I want that. That's what we long for. To know Him and what? Make Him known. This is like one of those things you just want to get your hands in. Good game. Great. Let's do it. But take this summer seriously. Because God wants to produce life through His Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In you. Jeremy, would you come up and lead us in communion?